tell me, First Thessalonians chapter 5 says, I pray your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved unto the coming of the Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus. This is just an earth suit because everybody's got an assignment. But heaven is our home. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And the purpose of coming together and church, yes, is to learn of the Lord so we could become like him and be effective. But it's also to be healed. Hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. Glory, 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 glory that somewhere in the middle of the ha-ha-ha, that bad mood left you. <laughs> oh, the headache is gone. Thank you, Jesus. Woo. This is church. It might seem crazy. Jesus came to save us. And your saving maybe looks different than mine. <laughs> Woo. Hallelujah. What are you going to do when you get a bad report? Sometimes nothing but laugh. <laughs> That's if you've been trained to laugh in the face of adversity. See, the Bible says that God sits in the heavens and he's not crying. He's not afraid. He's not afraid of your mistakes or my mistakes. He's not afraid of what we're facing. He's laughing. Hallelujah. Confidence in the place of still. 
confidence. It's an inside-out, upside-down kingdom. And we feel like we, when we talk more that we, things happen. And sometimes that's the truth. But sometimes it's just sitting still. Sometimes it's just laying there in his presence. Oh, it feels so unproductive. Ha ha, ha ha ha, yeah. But we can listen to the one who knows all things, to the one who knows how he made us and what we need. You don't know necessarily. You may think you know. How many of you have been in those situations? You think you know exactly what will shift that situation, and that just isn't it at all. It's just not it at all. But if we get quiet and learn, for some of you it's easy to be quiet. Some of you need to learn how to talk. And some of us need to learn how to just be quiet. Now, let's take another deep breath. We're relying on you, precious Holy Spirit, this morning. to bring us closer to Jesus. And we receive, Father, from angels in this house. Lord, you said this is a house of healing. You said this is a house of deliverance. You said it's a house where lives are repaired and restored and rebuilt. our tithes and offerings and we'll get that to the end at that in the end hallelujah so glory to god this morning you can turn on the lights Woo! god's good hallelujah he's so good thank you jesus high five somebody thank you lord Woo! can i tell you something as i was preparing to teach why i'm lingering here a little bit Because I, um, it's been given to me today as we've been, uh, if you've seen the commercial, and this month's, month's theme is that we all need H-E-L-P. And so we've been learning as it's a month of relationship about the H-E-L-P. What is the H-E-L-P? Well, it's honor. H stands for honor. And E is expectation. And so it's been given to me today to speak about uh, loyalty, 
And then we're going to talk about perception next Sunday, and it carries on into a practical manner in our Wednesday nights. So we can really feel like at the end of the month that we've, you know, sometimes it's just like church all kind of runs together, you know? And, and so it's helping us to feel like, you know, God, you're, doing, you're being really intentional with us. You're being really purposeful. You're being really intentional. I like that, you know. Sometimes I'll go to a conference and I'll get, you know, write my notes and highlight and underline. Then I go home, flip through them, and I feel good. <laughs> I feel good. I feel like, wow, we did something, Jesus, in those three days or that week or whatever. Amen? Hallelujah. And so I asked the Lord, you know, am I lingering this morning a little bit? Because I asked the Lord, you know, as I'm kind of, there's so much that you could be said about loyalty. Um, hallelujah. And, um, you know, God, and, and, and this is what he said. He said to me, you know, Tina, um, there isn't anything that I need to tell you that you haven't already heard. Because, you know, sometimes we're so feverishly looking for the thing that we are lacking to get us through today. And I'm not saying that we don't learn because Jesus came to teach and to preach. He taught so he could, so he taught and he preached the word as a good farmer sowed seeds into the hearts of people because his message was so new. I mean, not new, but new. Do you understand? And so he had to teach so that seeds could go and trees would grow in the hearts of people because Jesus came to seek and save the lost. Jesus came to destroy the works of the enemy. And we see that when we look at the woman with the issue of blood, the scripture is very clear to help us to know. It says to us, this woman who has been, who has been oppressed by Satan these 18 years. And so it makes it very, very clear what Jesus' mandate is, hallelujah. And so I find a lot of times we can do that. We feel like, you know, teaching is good and preaching is good and learning is good, especially if this is new to you. If, if the fact that God is good and God wants healing and God wants deliverance and God wants everything that Jesus, if that's new to you, then you need to eat it up and we need to stay in that place. But sometimes it's, sometimes it's just basking in what he said to you for a long time and letting that percolate, and letting that, you know, ferment, and letting that get deep, and letting that get, you know, speak to us. Amen? Because we got a lot, like I've been doing this for 30 years, and that's what he said to me, you got a lot of teaching in there. You got a lot of, you listen to a lot of messages. There's a lot of things that you've heard, but we can't, and, and, and we, gotta, we gotta, you know, let it out. You gotta let it out. I got to let it out. When we let it out, people are blessed because how many of you know it's the good news? Right? That's why we can ha 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 because it's good news. Jesus came with good news. You go with good news, not bad news. We're not known as the good news people. In Zechariah chapter, chapter 8, which is a big scripture the Lord's given us over this house, speaking to, you know, to the city and the region. And, you know, one of the things that it says, I think it's the message translation, it actually says that they call us, who are they? Those who don't know Jesus yet. 
they haven't heard the good news. They call us the good news people. That's who we are. That's what the scripture actually says. That's why different translations sometimes are so good. I know sometimes in the beginning of that, it was so fearful and religion you know, would have said, you know, you just need to stick to one and these are all heresy. But, but the reason sometimes finding your translation or translation that will speak, you, speak to you, why studying the word is so important is because the word has to come alive inside of you. You have to, it has to jump off the page in order for you to stick with it long enough that it will eventually get into your heart and when it gets into your heart, it will change your life. That's the process of faith. It isn't just because I'm preaching to you a message and maybe this is the first time that you're gonna hear anything about loyalty or why it's necessary. And then all of a sudden, it's, you're gonna walk away and you're gonna have like amazing faith. No, in most cases, that just doesn't happen. I'm not gonna say it's never going to happen. <laughs> This may be the millionth time you've heard it and it sparks something in you. Yeah, true. But God's intention is that we would hear and then we would go home and then we would study. Because faith that overcomes the world, what is the world? The world is those that are alien, not aliens, those that, <laughs> does Pastor Alex believe in aliens? <laughs> those that don't know the Lord those that don't know the Lord can be antagonistic how many would say that they don't know the Lord yet so they're antagonistic right hallelujah they can be antagonistic to the things of God amen so loyalty hallelujah in 1 Samuel chapter 26 and verse 23 Hallelujah, the, the scripture tells us that the Lord rewards or he repays every man for his loyalty. Wow, the Lord rewards the loyal. Wow, in the Bible it tells us that in the last days people will be anything but lovers of self self the self life is not does not produce a life of loyalty amen hallelujah so loyalty is necessary amen hallelujah in order for us to finish strong amen we have to be loyal that word um, we can define it hallelujah as devoted what is loyalty what is loyalty it means to be devoted. And so we can see this, you know, in our devotion to God. Um, we can see it in our devotion to what God says. We can see it in our devotion to a spouse or to people that we love. Our devotion to a cause. Uh, the word loyal means consistent. Hallelujah. If we're loyal to something, that means we stick with it right, if we're loyal to it. These are all attributes that God is saying that there's a reward for. That's how we tap into the blessing that's already flowing. 
See, the enemy's job, because what Jesus did is he turned on the switch for us. And what his job is to do is to get us to shut it off. He can't shut it off in your life. The Bible says the enemy is defeated. But what he does through deception, through lies, through things that are untrue, which is why the Bible is so important to you and I. It's not a religious book in the sense that it's ineffective. No, it's a religious book in the sense that, that it is life. That it is life. Proverbs chapter 4 tells us that it's medicine. That the Bible is actually medicine. That it's a, the scripture tells us that it's a, a lamp to our feet and a light to help us to know where to go. Wow. It's a living book. It's a book of life. Hallelujah. And so we want to stay consistent in it. We want to stay consistent. We want to, another word for loyal is the word faithful. Hallelujah. The scripture tells us this is the victory that overcomes the world. This is the victory that overcomes the world. This is the victory that overcomes the world, those who don't like the truth, the highest form, God's truth is, is not fact. What we see with our eyes, the Bible says, is temporary. If we will grab a hold of the higher reality of truth, the word of God, then the Bible tells us that the things that we see are temporary, those things that are not aligning yet with what God says about us, wellness, Healing, peace, restored relationships. Come on, we can live, the Bible says, on earth like it is in heaven. But the only way that happens is that we become the students, the disciples, the followers of Jesus. And we become loyal to these things. And so you can see when the scripture says where the enemy has gone in because he's literally being effective at changing a culture of people from the place where we are faithful, we're faithful and covenant talk and covenant reality, living in that, that lifestyle was normal at one time. And, but the Bible says that in the end days, people will be, it, it calls it, it says it like this, truce breakers, truce breakers that we will give our word and our word won't mean anything. That we will sometimes even sign contracts and have absolutely no intention of following what we have put our name to. Hallelujah. But say, not me. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Loyal means to be faithful. And it says this, this is the victory, faith, is the victory that overcomes the world. Faith in God, trusting in God, being fully persuaded that he's not lying to us, that what he says is true, and that it's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time. Whatever you're believing God for this morning, if you will not faint, if you will not quit, that's why God says loyalty. It's so important. Sometimes we, and we, we teach on it because sometimes when we hear the word loyalty, you're thinking of a dog, your dog maybe. You know, 
It took me a while when our two dogs went to heaven. Don't get mad at me. And I'd go into the garage and you'd hear them barking from the garage. It took me a while to not hear that bark anymore because they were so loyal. They were always at the door when you'd come home. Always, always. And so we can have a picture in our mind of what loyalty is, but when we hear teaching, it, it, teachings, it expands our thinking and helps us to understand, oh, I see. That's not just this amazing, crazy thing that you see. You know, Americans are so loyal. They're patriotic to their country that they're loyal or dogs are loyal. No, God wants us to be loyal because he's saying loyal, being a person of loyalty, being a person who is faithful, being a person who is consistent, being a person who is devoted, being a person who is so convinced, fully persuaded, so convinced that what God's saying is the truth, you are so absolutely convinced that you step out on it. You are so thoroughly convinced now, I think a lot of times what the enemy does is he messes with us in the church. And the reason he does that is because he knows how, he's just mad. He's just mad. You know, he's just mad. And he's never not going to be mad. Because he just doesn't have a, you know, we get to fix things and he just doesn't. And he's mad about that. I get it, don't you? But he wants to ruin your day. And if he'll let him, he wants to ruin your week and your month and your year and your life. And what God's doing is he's expanding our minds as we come together. He's shining light on, those, on these topics so that we see, oh, Jesus, this is a key that opens the door to blessing. It's a key. Faith overcomes the world, the world and everything in the world. Do you know that money and possessions and things are in the world. And it takes faith to bring those things that are in the world to you. Did you know that? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So we get to the place when we hear and we hear and we hear that we become so thoroughly convinced that what God is saying is the truth. You know, I, I um, thank you, Jesus. You can become so thoroughly convinced. How many of you know you could be so thoroughly convinced in the negative? Come on. How many of you know that? And sometimes, because that's just perverted faith, it's faith in the enemy's fear, is faith in the enemy's ability to hurt you. Faith is confidence. I'm confident in God's ability. I'm fully persuaded in God's ability to do what he said he would do. And you might be in the middle of it right now. And it's all upside down. But hang on. That's why this teaching is here. That's why this month is here. Hallelujah. He says if we will faint not, we will reap. We will reap. Hallelujah. So when we talk about loyalty... Hallelujah, we have to, have to look at David. Amen? And we know about David. He was a man 
that God chose as king. Hallelujah. And the Bible says um, that he was a man after God's own heart. How many of you have heard that? And in Acts chapter 13 and verse 22, the message translation tells us, it says it like this, that I have searched the land. This is God speaking. I have searched the land and found this David, this son of Jesse. Imagine God, the Bible says, the eyes of God are looking through the whole earth. Second Chronicles chapter 16 tells us. The eyes of God are going through the whole earth looking for one who is convinced that God is powerful, that God is good, that God will do what he says. The Bible tells us that, that he's looking. And in, in hallelujah, in Acts chapter 13, it says, I have searched the land and found this son of David. Imagine God speaking about you like this. It says this, he is a man who's, listen, his heart beats to my heart. Oh, his heart beats to my heart. A man who will do what I tell him. A man who will obey. Hallelujah. That is being so convinced that you act. That's all it is. Obedience is just being so thoroughly persuaded or convinced of something that God says that you begin to step out on it. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. But you know, in the past, that's why I was saying a lot of times what the enemy did was he tries to water things down. And so when we were hearing about that, you know, in my generation 30 years ago, and we were just hearing that God's good and, and God's healing, so everybody's throwing away their glasses, you know? Everybody's throwing away their canes and, 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 and they're, they're just getting a little out of step with God. They, they weren't fully persuaded yet. They weren't fully persuaded yet. And so there's, they're getting the cart before the horse, so to speak. No seed, no word, no seed. Right? No word, no seed. No seed, no tree, no tree. Nothing on the outside. Okay? And so he did a whole lot of that in good people who meant well. But a lot of times what happened is everybody was just like, ah, ah, that stuff don't work. Oh, no. The Bible says when Jesus returns, he's looking for faith. He's looking for the faithful. And his desire is that we would learn how Isaiah says to buy, that we would step so much in our identity. I, Isaiah tells us to come to the water and drink and buy what we need without money. But learn to live life out of our faith. Which means this whole life then becomes about our assignment and getting busy at understanding our assignment and the equipment that God has given us instead of seeking after the things of this world and having to get, you know, one job, two job, three jobs, so much stress, I can't even think about God. And that's an assignment from the enemy. Jesus says if we will get to the place where we understand his vision for us. The provision has been set before the foundation of the world. He knew you, hallelujah. He put you in your mother's belly. There's a book written about each one of us up in heaven. Did you know that? 
Your book is already written in heaven and it's about you and it has all the details of your life inside of it. I was sitting the last couple of days and I'm like, Jesus, show me what's in that book. Show me what's in that book. <laughs> show me what's already written in there. I want to do that. I don't want to do my own thing. I don't want to get there and you know, I'm looking for you know, I'm like, where's that, Jesus? I don't seem to be reading about that. <laughs> I see a lot of other things. You know, I did a lot of good in blah, blah, blah. Why isn't it in the book? Oh, it's your plan, not my plan. Hallelujah. Say, not me. Hallelujah. So a man whose heart beats to my heart. That's what God said. And so when we look at David, then we see that David is a man that God chose David is a man who is loyal to God, who is devoted to God, who is faithful to God. Did he make mistakes? Oh, yeah. Hallelujah. But he was a man after God's heart. And when we look at David, we automatically think of Saul or King Saul. And we know in 1 Samuel chapter 13 that the Bible tells us that Saul was replaced with God's choice. Because... What God said about, about David was he was a man after my heart who would do what I asked him to do. And what 1 Samuel says about King Saul, that the kingdom was torn from him because he was not obedient to the Lord. So we see David who was a man after God's heart. And so we see a key then about loyalty, that loyalty is about, you know, we're not just going to sit here and go one, two, three, four, five, although we are. But loyalty, the Bible says that God looks on the heart. And, and loyalty is an inside thing. It's not an outside thing. But it makes things happen on the outside. But we don't just do things on the outside and have no inside. Does that make sense? Everything starts inside. And then it goes outside. Okay? That's a big difference. Because when we just do things on the outside, we do one, two, three, four, five. On the outside but we have no heart for it, that's called religion. But when we do it because we have understanding and light and we spend time with Jesus and we become fully persuaded because he's so good and that just begins to ooze out of us and we act out of a life of that knowledge or that intimacy, that's the way it's supposed to work. And that takes time because you and I have a lot of trees already on the inside of us that are developed. And so a lot of times then the necessity of coming together and the necessity of the word of God is to uproot things, right? That's what Jeremiah says. Jeremiah's call was to pluck up, right? To uproot, uproot, say uproot. God wants us to uproot things that don't uproot. That, can you just feel that? I like to work in my gardens. And uproot means I pulled that thing. I wasn't quite prepared for how deep it was and I got a face full of dirt. <laughs> Uproot. That's what we got to do with things. Amen. If you believe that, you know, you're in a desperate state today and you've had a lifetime of people telling you that, you know, God brings sickness to teach you a lesson. And now you got a lot of work to do because you got to uproot that thing. And it's work. But the end of that work is healing and freedom. 
Amen. How many of you are okay? Thank you, Jesus. So how did David end up with a loyal heart? I, um, hallelujah, how did he end up with similar likes and dislikes to God? You know in one of the scriptures that God said that he liked David. <laughs> he likes him. I like him. Not love. I like him. I like to be around him. Hallelujah. And what I want, I want to propose to us today is, is exactly what our worship team did. I love when that happens. It's time spent. Time spent. Intimacy. Relationship. Now this beautiful picture. And how many of you know I could go on and on and on if I could get you to close your eyes and um, just look at David, you know, when he's a young boy. You know, David spent a lot of time as a young boy to discover the nature of God. You know, he talks about the lion and the bear. But I could just see David when I was just sitting with the Lord. I could just see him, you know, just like sitting on a rock. Because we were in that area where he was when we went to Israel, and I could see there were shepherds, there were sheep, it was cool. And I could just see him sitting on a rock, and I could just see him like going, okay, God. So you know that same little sheep that always seems to stray? He's gone again. I need you to help me. I got all these other ones here. I need your help. And you know, as he is just sitting there thinking and spending time and cultivating a place. Cultivating a place. A meeting place where he would speak and God would answer. Where he would need things and God would answer. Where he would learn that when the one left, and he'd say, I'm not going to go get him, God. This is the hundredth time he's left. And God would say, oh, yes, you are. We're like, okay, I'm going to go get him, God. But when, when I get him, I'm going to give him a piece of my mind. And he'd be like, no. Have you remember the scripture, Luke chapter 15? The lost sheep. And Jesus says, who is Jesus. They learned who Jesus was, the disciples. David learned who Jesus was. I could see, I saw another picture of, of Jesus sitting, kind of like at a campfire with his disciples. And I saw him not, you know, like you would think maybe Jesus sitting up front. I saw him sort of just, you know, tucked back a little. And all the disciples talking about the great things that happened in the day and and then one of the quiet ones would speak up about some persecution. And, and I could just see Jesus and the pain and the pride that he felt that they kept going. And I said, you know, to Pastor Ian this morning, imagine Jesus' assignment, other than obviously the cross, his assignment was to spend three and a half years with people, with students, and help them to know everything about who he was. They, three and a half years, that's like 365 times three and half of 365. Well, if I had to ask you today, I didn't do the math, but it's a lot, like over a thousand, 
Over a thousand meetings with Jesus. All day long, every day, all day. All day long, Jesus there with Jesus, every day. Every day with Jesus. And, and some of it was make you want to cry. He's so amazing. Wow. And some of it was like, ouch. And I, I was thinking, you know, like if you're here today and you have a mentor or, you know, something like that, and if you have one, one meeting a week nowadays, that's a lot. Like these people were with him every day. And David spent a lot of time as a young boy before Goliath, before he was a king, to learn the nature of God. See, intimacy and knowing him, knowing him, knowing his heart. Learning. to listen and takes a moment when you train yourself to just pull back. I was doing that when I was listening to him around the campfire and the conversations and his time with David. Is that my cue? Was that music or was that from heaven? Did you hear that? Oh, hallelujah. He is wonderful. He is wonderful. He is wonderful. And that's where, as much as we are students of the word, that is where your confidence comes from. Those who stay with the Lord, who have been with the Lord, those who will receive those rewards, who maybe had difficult times and left like David, but repented and came back. Those are ones, I promise you, who have sat with him, who have dialogued with him, who know him, who know too much, and continue to visit that place, that their hearts, in spite of where we are, are ablaze on fire for love for him and guess what when you love him you begin to love what he loves see too many times we bring you to church and we tell you all the things that you need to do and sometimes it's better to do without the understanding than it is to not do for a while until we grow up and we spend time with him and now our love for him spills over into what and who he loves. What and who he loves. The apostle Paul says, said it like this. I, no, he said, the love of God constrains me. Why would you go, Paul? You saw the vision? You heard that they were, they were going to take your life from you when you go? Why would you go? The love of Christ constrains me. Why would David be, or Daniel be so obstinate? 
Why would Daniel be so obstinate? Why when a king, you know, we were in Africa and Pastor Ian was taking pictures on the road where he shouldn't have been taking pictures. And all of a sudden, a guy with a rifle stuck his rifle in our car. And I'm like, honey, put the rifle away. I mean, the camera. He's like, no, I need the picture. And the, and the, and the soldier's coming to our window. I'm like, honey, put the, put the camera away. And, you know, until the rifle's inside our car. He's not afraid. He's not afraid. Amen. And we were okay. The love of Christ constrains us. Time with him. Time with him. Time with him is the greatest teacher. You can have people tell you a million times over what you should be doing. And one moment with Jesus. And all of a sudden, he tells you the why. And pulls on the strings of your heart. You're like, yes, Jesus. <laughs> yes. Yes. You're like, honey, guess what? You're like, I thought you said no a million times before that. I know. <laughs> He's the lover of our soul. Three and a half years teaching. And his image getting all mixed up in theirs. Building trust. Knowing that they're loved by Jesus. And through that, everywhere they went, greater works than these, he said, will you do? Greater works. And we study to show ourselves approved. So the image of Jesus makes a mess of us. how it's done they knew Jesus they knew Jesus said wouldn't you leave the 99 and go after the one until you found it wouldn't you they're like no well not up until today that's what I'm like and he said as a matter of fact when you bring him home put him across your shoulders and carry him and when you get home call all your friends and celebrate and have a party you're like oh geez that's not how I would have handled it <laughs> but three and a half years of hearing how Jesus would do things began to change them began to empower them to step out when he spoke because what they saw was every time he said this is what my father is asking me to do and they'd be like no Jesus no Mm. I remember a time, get behind me. He was fully persuaded. Amen? Faith, that faith that overcomes the world. Hallelujah. We need relationship to make it through. We need intimacy to finish strong, to remain loyal. Because that faith in God that rises as we spend time with him and his word is what leads to a faithful, 
loyal lifestyle. Hallelujah. Amen. We look at David and journey there maybe, you know, I don't have time, but sit around with Jesus at the campfire and his disciples and hear his heart for them, for people. You know, we need to do that when we read the Bible. You need to kind of switch places. Be the people in the story. Don't just read it. Be the people in the story. Be Jesus in the story. And let it come alive. And let it change your life. What are some... We talk about the loyalty of David. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Some of his, some of his victories because of that loyalty. We know some of his mistakes, his adultery. We know the murder of Uriah. We know when he took the census. But look at some of the victories of a loyal life. He defeated Goliath. He became king. He married Saul's daughter. He was a hero in Saul's army. He united the 12 tribes. He returned the ark to Jerusalem, defeated the Philistines, Moab, Ammon, and Syria. He was a man named a man after God's own heart. He brought peace to Israel and on and on and on it went because he was a man after the heart of God. He developed friendship, intimacy, time spent with God so that when everything was screaming like Goliath, he knew his God. He knew his God, unlike the others in the army who ran the other way. It isn't that we're bad or good. It's not that we're bad or good. It's not that we're equipped or not equipped or able or not able. It's simply that we spend or we don't spend the time that is necessary. Time building relationship. David was a man who made mistakes, but his loyalty to God. Listen, we see so much in life where people hurt people and then they split forever. Pastor Ian and I are always like, I think people are shocked when people leave the church. I think they think that we're talking about them. We don't like them. We never want to see them again. When we see people who have left us, you know, we make a beeline for them. And we honestly like, when you come here, you are family to us. And you will always be family to us no matter where you go. Because we're so great. No. Because of time spent with him and his heart for you. His heart for you. And we see too much of that. But because David had relationship with the Lord, he repented. After the condemnation, after the guilt, he turned and went back. The disciples said, where will we go? Loyalty fixes things. Amen. David was a man who loved the word of God. Psalm 119, thy word have I hid in my heart. Hallelujah. I love this about David. He was a man of prayer. The scripture says in 1 Samuel chapter 30, 
verse 8 and 9. Second Samuel chapter 5, 17 to 21. Second Samuel chapter 2, 1 and 2. Second Samuel, cha- Samuel chapter 5, 22 to 25. First Samuel 23, 1 to 3. First Samuel 23, 4 and 5. First Samuel 23, 10 and 11. First Samuel 23, 12 to 14. Second Samuel 21 and 1. David inquired of the Lord. He was a man of prayer. He went to God for wisdom. He went to God for answers and expected to get them. He had intimate relationship with God. I'm here to tell you today, that should be the expectation of our heart, just like David, that when we make mistakes, we run back. We develop a love for his word because they're his words and there's life in them that we expect when we ask, we wait for an answer. I've had the Lord say that to me. I'll ask him a question and be like, you know, if you just stop talking, the answer's right there. <laughs> he trusted God. He believed in God's greatness. He believed and trusted in his protection over his life. In Psalm 27 and verse 9, the scripture tells us that David says this about God. You have always been right there for me. Wow. You have always been right there for me. Is that the first thing that comes out of your mouth when you go through? See the intimacy and what's built? When we face the problem, we know who he is. And it's not that we're making ourselves say the right thing about him. It's that that's who he is to us. We're not parroting the right things. We've experienced his goodness. You go there every day and face your day. I'm not saying there's not piles of stuff to work through. But as long as we maintain, God, if there's one thing I know, You are good. And you are always there. And somehow, some way, you are going to get us out of this mess. You can say that, but if you don't spend time, it's just words. And there's no strength or life or help that comes from those words. And finally, David was honest with God. Hallelujah. You know that when you read the Psalms, it's like, ah, David, what a bad confession. (laughs) But he always has the butts, doesn't he? And then he's like, hallelujah, but... Okay. (laughs) 
And Psalm 27 verse 4 says this, and I'm going to pray. Just lift your hands to the Lord. How many of you are so hungry for him? Just more fire, more presence, more depth. The knowledge of who you are, the ability and the confidence to, like David had, not because we want to talk about a good story, in us, Christ in us, the hope of glory. Christ in you, Christ in you, Christ in you, the knowledge of Jesus in you will make you faithful. It will make you keep to keep showing up. It will make you to never quit. It will make you to never fail. Christ in us. Psalm 27 verse 4 says this. One thing have I asked of the Lord. This is what I desire. To dwell in the house of the Lord all of the days of my life. I have a few things I feel like the Lord, excuse me, wants me to pray for hallelujah thank you jesus i hope you're good we need a relationship to make it through amen we need a relationship to finish we need a relationship to hit the mark we need a relationship to continue amen when israel left egypt the first thing they did was worship god the first thing they did Early in the morning will I seek you. Father, we thank you this morning. Ooh, this is like good. I feel like <laughs> we could go any, any number of a hundred ways here. <laughs> oh. <sighs> wow. I wish I could get the worship team. No, we need to do the offering video. Okay. Come to the altar if you want your Amen. fire. More fire. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You want the fire of desire for intimacy and relationship once again. Amen. Amen. Toward God and toward others. Maybe where uh, betrayal or people have failed you and and there's hurt that's there and you've been crying out come to the altar amen. there's fire here today amen. hallelujah amen. he wants to release his grace and he has been yes. he's here he's he's here when we made that shift he walked in the room amen. his grace is here and his healing is here if amen. you're here and you need anything come yes. to the altar amen. can you know i've been already been to the altar keep going yes Keep going. If, that's, if there's anything that you heard today, keep going. Yes. Keep going. Keep going. Because we got to get to the place where we realize it's not us, it's him. Amen. It's not us. If, 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 if it's us, then we can't keep going to the altar because then there's something wrong with us. Mm -hmm. But if our trust and our faith is in him, then we keep going. Yes. 
We keep going because of what he's going to Amen. do Amen. in us and through us. Amen. I run to the altar. Last week I said, nobody's getting prayer till I get prayer. <laughs> Sometimes you got to be greedy at the altar. <laughs> and that's okay. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. We want the walls to come down. Yes. Amen. Amen. His help to step forward, to Amen. trust again, Amen. to come close again, Amen. to feel compassion mm -hmm. oh, again. Amen. And we thank you, Lord, for healing the hurt, yes. restoring the fire, refreshing our hearts so that we can build yes. and receive and do all that we can say. Mm -hmm. Do all that you say we are yes. and have Amen. and can do. Amen. Praise God. Thanks so much for joining us today. We pray that your life was impacted by this service and you are able to feel the tangible love of Jesus fill whatever space you're listening from. Maybe you found this message and you've never had the opportunity to come into a personal relationship with Jesus, or you've known about him, but been far from him. We wanna give you the opportunity to make his love a daily reality in your life. Jesus came to this earth and died on the cross so that you could be close to him. He wanted to wipe away every disappointment and bring you into a life of purpose and meaning, one that will impact this globe for good. If you'd like to begin this journey with Jesus today, then just repeat this simple prayer after me. Dear Jesus, I'm praying this prayer because I know that I've made mistakes and been living without you. I apologize and I trust that you will forgive me. I accept your love and grace and ask that you would be my Savior and my Lord. Help me believe in you and love you every day and help me to show the world what you're like and how great your love is. I commit to live for you from this moment forward. In Jesus' name, amen. All of our Light City family are joining with heaven and celebrating over the commitment you have just made to make Jesus the Lord of your life. We have resources available for you to help you on this journey. And most of all, we're praying for you. Send us a note at info at golightcity.com to let us know about the decision you've made today. We have resources we would love to send you with some easy steps on where to go from here so that you can discover God in a real and meaningful way. If you have a prayer request, our team would love to connect with you and partner with you to see God transform your life. God bless you, and we look forward to hearing from you real soon.